This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America, the smart choice for ID implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant 18013-5, and surpasses AMVA guidelines. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to AmbaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Amba community. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the AmbaCast, everyone. This week, I am chatting with Bud Craddock. Bud is the administrator of the Rhode Island Department of Motor Vehicles. Bud, welcome to your first appearance on our AmbaCast. Well, good afternoon, Ian. Good to see you in person again. Yes, it's nice to do this in person. Um, so we're talking to Bud this week about a recent project that Rhode Island has completed that's related to the redesign of their license plate. And uh, by popular demand, I guess, they have a new design. And I say by popular demand because they did a, a vote. They did a contest and a vote of their citizens to come up with a design. So uh, I'm going to start, Bud, with the beginning. Why, why was it time? We'll talk about how you went about the design of the contest, but why was it time for Rhode Island to even entertain redesigning the license plate? Well, well first off, Ian, our existing design has been around since 1970, I'm sorry, 1996. Okay. And we have a state law that says you should have a reissuance, general reissuance every 10 years, which kind of mirrors the and the best practice, mm-hmm. uh, which also says 10 years. So we're well overdue. Uh, it's been kicked down the road several times for different reasons. And uh, Governor McKee now decided that it was time that we move forward and actually uh, reinstitute and, and change the design of the plate. Mm. And so it was time to change the design. Different jurisdictions go about different ways of redesigning. How did the idea come about that maybe it should be a more public process? Well, state law gives the administrator the authority to come up with the plate design. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought I had several options. First was to go out and do an RFP, go to Mm -hmm. uh, design companies, design schools, and see what someone would come back with. Uh, Trying to be fiscally responsible, I ruled out that option. (laughs) Uh, The other option was for me to sit at my computer and come up with a design myself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I have no artistic ability. So naturally, I rule that out. <laughs> but then we spoke about the idea of how we could do it. Yeah. And plates are popular in Rhode Island. Yeah. I'm sure they are in many Everywhere, jurisdictions. Yeah. And I also thought that what better way to uh, let people voice their opinions? So mm-hmm. many decisions in government are made um, beyond their control. Mm-hmm. And because of the popularity of plates, I wanted to give them the opportunity to have a say. So we came up with the idea to let individuals submit their own designs. Mm-hmm. And we were fortunate. We had uh, a lot of creativity from our Rhode Island uh, constituents. Yeah. And we had over 940 submissions. Wow. Uh, and that was from, I believe it was about 369 different individuals. Okay. So you, uh, you had multiple people that said, okay, here are my six different designs I want to enter. It wasn't- that, that's correct, because some of them would change different features in, in the designs mm-hmm. they submitted. To give variations. To, to give variations on it. And this is, to be clear, this is your base plate you're talking. I mean, a lot of times we see different creativity around a specialty plate or you know something that's a, a cause plate. This is the... Base plate, general issuance. We're that this is about. our general issuance plate. Yeah. There's about us during the course of this program. There'll be about 760,000 vehicles affected by this. Okay. Uh, it's not going to affect the charity plates that we have mm-hmm. out there, uh, 
We have Boston Patriots. I'm sorry, New England Patriots plates. Mm. Uh, Boston Red Sox. Well, nobody's perfect. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> again, we have the 18. <laughs> uh, but that being said. Um, we did have a legislator that wanted to get Yankee plates, but we couldn't do that. Oh, boy. That's another podcast for another day. Exactly. <laughs> so when you launched the, the contest, how did you get the word out? You know, not, not everybody is regularly visiting the DMV website when they don't have a transaction to deal with. So what did the agency do to proactively get the word out that well, this we, was a new initiative? We worked with the governor's office. We had a press release. Mm -hmm. um, we also uh, posted it on our website. Uh, we used a platform that had been used uh, effectively by our Board of Elections mm -hmm. about two years ago when they came up with a, uh, a contest for an I Voted sticker. Mm -hmm. And we worked with the Rhode Island Interactive, which manages our website. They put up the site, and we allowed the people to uh, put their submissions into the website. Okay. At the end of the submission period, uh, we were pleasantly surprised to have 940, but yeah. it was an overwhelming process to go through that number. Sure. So uh, it took several meetings of the team that we, we gathered. Uh, it was an in-house team, myself, Chuck Hollis, who you know, mm -hmm. and, and three other members who were involved in, in different aspects of the plate process um, mm -hmm. in the Rhode Island Division of Motor Vehicles. And at that point, uh, we, would, we had several uh, meetings. We would all come up with uh, a consensus of which ones we liked. We ruled out different designs for various reasons. Uh, things with dock backgrounds that wouldn't mm -hmm. uh, reflect properly, we, we ruled out. Things that were too close to some of our charity plates, mm -hmm. we eliminated Once, yeah. right off the bat and made sure that we were not going to uh, have a negative in impact on those charities. And then we looked at clarity of the plates to make sure that, again, as we all know, the, the purpose of a plate is identification of a vehicle. And if some of the background images uh, made it difficult to read the alphanumerics, yeah. those plates were eliminated. Yeah. So did you provide any of that guidance to the designers, or the, they may not have been designers, whoever was creating the plate? Did they have any parameters that you provided that they had to work in to begin with? Yes, we did. We posted uh, parameters on the website. There was a list, and then I'd be happy to share a copy with you if you want to <laughs> refer to it. Uh, but yes, we, we had uh, strong suggestions on what they should be putting in the plates. Okay. So you get all these designs, you have these 940 designs, the team then starts to rule some out, now all of a sudden you've got a list of half of that, a third of that, whatever it is. How does the process continue to further refine down to, say, a list of finalists? Well, we just kept working it down until we came down and agreed among the five uh, members of the selection committee that these were the ones we were going to put forth. So when you say put forth, you had a finalist list that then went back out for public vote. Exactly. At that point, we had them posted on the website, and we were using that uh, platform that the Board of Elections used. Mm -hmm. And the plates would pop up randomly to make sure that people wouldn't do some sort of a computer bot to <laughs> vote for the same position. We also used uh, those CAPTCHA uh -huh. to make sure it was a human that was right. actually voting for How many for of these pictures have a traffic signal? How exactly. many of these? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So we tried to eliminate someone uh, manipulating the system. Okay. And it came down to the five finalists. So you put the team drew it down to five for public voting. Correct. Okay. And when we did come up with those five, we released them with a news conference with the governor. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and then uh, we received quite a bit of media attention on it. And they, we had them up on the website, I believe, for roughly two weeks. And at mm -hmm. that point, we uh, 
brought it back in. We validated the voting to make sure that uh, it didn't appear that someone had snuck in some sort of uh, uh, computer program to yeah. uh, uh, manipulate it. Stuff and the winning design box. actually came up with about 52% of the vote. We had a, oh, um, almost okay. 200, actually 299,140 votes submitted. Wow. All right. And so you have, uh, you had a winner. Yes. Um, let's let's start with the design, the, the winning the winning design. I also want to ask you about some of the non-winning designs because mm -hmm. I think you've got some interesting <laughs> stories there. But let's start with with the winner. What I mean, it, it's great we're here on a podcast where people are listening and we're talking about a very visual thing. Yes, so I mean, what exactly. could what could be more effective? Well, so talk about the <laughs> the winning design. <laughs> our existing plate is a light or white upper pot with a bluish gray wave. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a strong affinity to the wave in many of the mm -hmm. designs that were put forth. Uh, in fact, I received a lot of mail and commentary during the process that we shouldn't even change from our existing plate. Ah. But uh, to effectuate a general reissuance, you have to change the design. Otherwise, law enforcement wouldn't realize that the, the plates have been reissued, uh, people would just keep using their old plates. So uh, when we came down to it, I believe two of the finalists actually still had a variation of the wave. Okay. Uh, the winning one had uh, five small waves. The gentleman who was the designer said he put five waves because we have five counties in Rhode Island. Oh, okay, So that's neat. And it's, instead of being white with a bluish gray wave, uh, it's a, a two-tone blue, which uh, is very, very similar to the URI Rhodey Rams basketball jersey color. <laughs> so, so there's connection there. So and there's I'm some connection. Sure there's a reason, and people may not know, people who don't know about Rhode Island, you know, there's probably a reason, the affinity for a wave. Hmm. One of the nicknames for Rhode Island is the Ocean is, State, is the ocean. which has to be printed on the plates. And what was very surprising is the gentleman that submitted the winning design is actually a graduate of Rhode Island School of Design in the Graphic Arts program. Okay. So he uh, has experience with uh, doing design work. He's done some for uh, some national companies uh, on the computer. So you got that professional designer that you tried to save the money of going out and hiring, which you did. You got you got the professional design it, for it, free in the end. Exactly, we did. And uh, very very nice young man. He was there with his wife and his uh, four month old son. Oh, uh, at, at the presentation and got to, uh, he got a proclamation from Governor McKee as well as interviewed by the media. All right, but no, no other prize, just the, no, the notoriety. Just, and the just, <laughs> just the notoriety. <laughs> and, perhaps, and he has the rights to the plate if he wants to do something ah. outside of it. We have unlimited use of it for the DMV purposes, but if he wanted to... Uh, Go sell it on a t-shirt? Exactly. Or, that's hilarious. All right, so what's interesting, though, is you said there before that you did get some pushback about why are you even changing the design. Exactly. I, again, people were used to the wave plate, yeah. and I understand historically from some of the staff members at the DMV that had been there at the time of the last reissuance, mm -hmm. the wave plate was not readily accepted back then. Mm. And it, it has, because it's been around so long, it has grown on people. People have liked it. And, and let's face it, most people, myself included, sometimes are resistant to change. <laughs> so now that it's out, though, uh, what's been, besides the 52% vote that wanted this design, what's otherwise generally been the reaction to the unveiling of the new design? There has been some negative feedback. Uh, again, some people liked other designs and thought they should 
have won. Right. Uh, some people wanted me, instead of having a computer vote, which allowed some people to vote more than once, mm. they wanted me to send out individual ballots, oh my. which would have been overwhelming because sure. we would have had to send uh, stamp self-addressed envelopes right. in each one. So we, we estimated that would have cost about a half a million dollars to do all the mailings and then come back and do the, the tabulation of all those votes. Sure. So, uh, again, it was a situation where I expected whatever way we went with the design that there was going to be some negative feelings on it. We were not going to please everybody. Sure. And, and I think over time people will accept this plate because it does still have the feel of the wave that so many people did like. And I, I, I think once they see it in person on cars, uh, they'll like the color of blue. I think some of the, the problems that have come out is when it's reproduced on television or on, uh, in the newspaper, mm -hmm. um, the colors don't necessarily transfer or, or are not as easily identifiable as what the final product will be. Mm. Mm, that makes sense. And so you've, you're not in production yet. You have the winning design. Have you? When is the schedule to move into production? Well, right now we're working with 3M. They're yeah. producing some sample plates that we just will, as a formality, will run by our state police to make sure they're visible at the proper distances. We State law says 100 feet, uh, so we'll be having them uh, look at them under various light situations to make sure they're visible, yeah. which I'm having come from a law enforcement background, I'm, I'm pretty confident these will pass muster uh, without any uh, significant changes to the plate. Yeah. At that point, 3M will produ uh, be producing them for us. Our other plates have always been produced at Correctional Industries, but they don't have the technology. These are going to be flat plates digitally printed. So 3M is going to take over the production of these plates until our Correctional Industries is able to get the uh, graphic printers mm. whether they can uh, go back to doing the plates for us. So that's a change for Rhode Island as well, going to a flat plate. It, exactly. And what, what made you want to go in that direction? Well, I, I think in the long run, it's going to be uh, more cost effective because right now uh, with the embossed plates, every time we got a, uh, a plate design, be it one of our charity plates or mm -hmm. our uh, main plate for the plates that, that these are going to be reissued, uh, you have to buy a different roll of sheeting right. for the background. Now, when they digitally print these, they'll be able to print them on demand and be able to just buy the regular sheeting and print a Red Sox plate, then they can print the wave plate, mm -hmm. or they can print a, a Patriots plate, whatever it, it, it may be. Yeah. And it, it'll cut down on, on the number of rolls of sheeting that they have to buy. If you keep mentioning Red Sox, this may be your first and last appearance on the <laughs> podcast. Um, that, that's that's fantastic. So you mentioned earlier how many vehicles you expect to be uh, impacted. Is that over the 10, what you would expect to be the 10 years of the? No, no. This will Actually, be the, 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 the way we're going to do this yeah. is the plates are going to be uh, manufactured in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay. And they're going to be mailed to the customers. The customers don't have to come to the DMV for it. Hmm. And what we're going to do is we're on a uh, rotating cycle, a two-year registration period, mm -hmm. and they're staggered through the year based on uh, first initial of your last name. So every month, a different set of plates will be going out to the people who are renewing in that particular month. To do the full renewal cycle will take us two years. And the expectation and at, of what them to do with the old plates? They, they can hang them on their wall or they can recycle them. Okay. 
Interesting. And at the end of the two-year period, uh, the old wave plate, if any are on cars on the road, law enforcement will readily be able to identify that those cars are unregistered mm. and can take appropriate action at gotcha. that point. Very good. Very good. So let's talk about some of the uh, designs that maybe didn't make make the cut. I'm sure there were some surprises, some fun things that that came in. Um, you know, you got a winner from a professional designer, but I'm sure there were some amateur designers, sure. some kids and, and that took a crack at it. There, there were some very, very um, creative ones, mm -hmm. uh, and quite frankly. I was impressed with the quality of, of many of them. Mm -hmm. Some of the issues that we saw is, is, again, people didn't understand making sure that the background was light enough that the alphanumeric showed through. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they had some designs that um, you couldn't read and identify the numbers. Mm -hmm. Then you had some that were tongue-in-cheek, people yeah. were having fun. Sure. Uh, somebody took a picture of the exi existing wave plate and said, keep it. <laughs> uh, we had someone uh, got creative, and uh, because Family Guy, the, t uh, the television yep. program, the, yep. the writers are from Rhode Island, they put oh. a plate with Family Guy. Uh, we had someone else put it in uh, a picture of a pothole and said, the pothole state. <laughs> uh, so it, there was some fun things. Yeah. Uh, we had some people that were very creative because we Rhode Island has been very active with offshore wind mm -hmm. farms. Uh, they, they had the wind turbines on the plate. Okay. But those designs, mm -hmm. as we looked at them, uh, could have created a problem with automatic plate readers mm -hmm. in, our, in our estimation. Yeah. So uh, while they were nice looking, we looked at it from the professional standpoint of what we know about plates and and just they, they didn't make the cut because yeah, of that. So what surprised you about this process? Uh, I, I think I was most surprised by the creativity that came from our constituents uh, and the number of people that became involved in it. Mm -hmm. uh, there was, again, to have 940 submissions, uh, it, it was very pleasing to, to go through that. Yeah. But overwhelming. A little daunting, yeah. It was overwhelming. And what about the un unexpected challenge? You know, if you go back to where we started, which you said, all right, I want to save money, make this uh, a popular access for the people type event. Sounds like overall it was quite successful. There must have been some unexpected challenges along the way. Well, again, the challenges were the, the, the negative feedback from people who didn't like the final design. Mm -hmm. That uh, Right in the middle of the, uh, the voting, I received an email from a person who said, here's my design. I think my design is better than what's there. Include mine in the finalists the and let the people vote on it. Yeah. I said, thank you very much. Thank much you. appreciate your, your, your comments, but we've already decided on the finalists. Yeah. Would you recommend this process to other jurisdictions considering uh, plate redesign? I think I would. Yeah. I think I would. But again, it comes down to the way the laws in each jurisdiction are written. Sure. Uh, again, I, as the administrator, again, it was up to me to you make a decision on the plate. Yeah. Um, and again, I wanted to try to include the people. I wanted to try to make it something that they could buy into. And to have 299,000 votes, I, I thought that was very, very positive. Yeah. Any lessons learned for anyone else that tries to, to do this? You say, hey, I wish, the one thing, if I had known this before I started the process, it would have made our lives easier. Um, I, I think the main thing is you, you have to understand you're going to get the, the negative pushback 
yeah. at the end of the process. Yeah. Um, would it, it be better to go with a strict design firm? It could be, but you're going to get negative pushback there. If sure. you design it yourself or design it in-house, you're going to get negative pushback. Mm. So you just have to have a thick skin, understand that there's going to be some people that love it, some people that don't like it, mm -hmm. but you do your job and you get to the end of the day that way. Yeah. So, but one of the things we like to do when we have guests on for the first time is also learn a little bit about them. You mentioned you have a, a law enforcement background, but before I ask you about that, you've been an administrator now in Rhode Island for... Almost seven years. Almost seven years, um, which uh, I would say it's, it's a, a longer term for, you know, uh, certainly in, in Rhode Island from some of your predecessors. There was a, a, a period of time before I uh, arrived that there was uh, some transition. There was interim directors. Yeah. Uh, my predecessor, Tony Silva. Um, I don't believe was looking on leaving, but uh, a, a good friend of his became the lieutenant governor and asked him to become chief of staff and then yeah. became the governor. Sure. And he moved up into the chief of staff of that position as well. So um, it was fortunate for me. I, I, prior to becoming the administrator, I actually served as the chairman of the a hearing board for the DMV for 16 years. Hmm. So I think when uh, the position opened and I put my name in for consideration, uh, Governor Raimondo at the time, I think, looked at that and realized I had some institutional knowledge, some of the uh, contacts with people in there, a little bit of familiarity, mm -hmm. which uh, I, I think boded well for my appointment. Yeah. And it's, you know, being a, uh, a smaller jurisdiction, Rhode Island is, you know, as, as most of us know, is a, is a smaller state. You have a, a small but mighty team mm -hmm. in Rhode Island uh, that you were able to inherit and continue to grow. Yes, I, I did. And I, I think that's what has helped make me successful. I, I'm a figurehead. Uh, I think every administrator, for the most part, is a figurehead. Yeah. And it's the team behind us that makes us look good or makes us fail. And yeah. and I'm blessed with a, a, a good team. Uh, you know many of them. Yep. Uh, we've tried to be very, very active in AMVA. Uh, Marcy Coleman, who now is yeah. with AMVA. We even stole uh, one, yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah, you stole one. Uh, her replacement is actually a graduate of the uh, AMVA Leadership Academy. Um, Claire Sedlock, my deputy, who's been there almost 11 years, is is a, a, a super uh, chief operating officer for me. And then Chuck Hollis, as sure. you know, who uh, was part of the selection committee, and he was the co-chair of the AMVA uh, Best Practices Guide for Plates. That's right, yeah. So I'm sure he had that right right next to him as you guys went through this he process. He probably didn't need it. He was in his head, that's it right. It was in his yeah, head. Exactly, exactly. You mentioned your law enforcement background. Let's share a little bit of that with our listeners. Sure. I, well, I, I was a, a police officer in the city of Cranston where, mm -hmm. where the uh, main location of the uh, Rhode Island DMV is located. I was a police officer for 26 years. Uh, worked my way up through the ranks, and I retired as the chief of police. Yeah. Uh, while I was there, I uh, went to law school, became an attorney. Uh, after I retired, I practiced law f for about 10 years doing estate planning and financial planning work. Got tired of that and went off and uh, became an assistant professor at a junior college in Massachusetts, and I was doing that for a while, and the position at the DMV opened up. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's quite a journey. I would imagine um, the law enforcement background gives a different lens as a motor vehicle administrator, you know, seeing that mm -hmm. nexus of uh, promulgating the rules, regulating the rules, administering the rules, yet knowing in the back of your mm -hmm. head what it means on the road. It, it does help. And historically, Rhode Island has had law enforcement individuals as administrators. Mm. Uh, my predecessor was a chief of police in uh, Cumberland. 
uh, one of the uh, former administrators who was my mentor, who uh, had me appointed as the dealers, dealers hearing board chairman, uh, was police chief in Cranston. Mm. Uh, we've had a state police captain as, as the uh, administrator and a captain from the Pawtucket police. And there was a uh, detective from Warwick police who was an interim director. I think there's only That's been a- three since uh, the 19... 19- late 1970s, 1980s, that have not had a law enforcement background. Fascinating. That's an interesting trend. Mm -hmm. So the last thing I want to ask you about, Bud, is you are both the uh, immediate past Region 1 president and the incoming Region 1 president. (laughs) Thanks to COVID. (laughs) uh, It it has been an interesting run. Uh, We were supposed to have the regional conference two years ago, actually three years ago in Providence. COVID arrived and we decided, or not we, the, the region decided to try to postpone it one year mm-hmm. and uh, have a conference in Providence. I think the excitement was that Providence hasn't hosted in, in over 40 years. Yeah. And I think people were excited about coming to Rhode Island. And I, I do know that when we had one of the planning sessions, we had it in Newport mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, administrators from the region that came were very, very enthusiastic about uh, coming to Rhode Island yeah. and, and really liked the, the venue. So uh, unfortunately, it, it didn't come to fruition. Uh, we reassessed it. Uh, Grant Minor became the president. We were supposed to go to Prince Edward Island this year, yeah. and unfortunately, uh, yeah. COVID still had its ugly head reared. So uh, Grant and I are trading places. He's going to become the immediate past president, and then uh, I'll become president in uh, com- this coming session in May. Yep. And then next May, when I step back to immediate past president again, Grant will step back in and we'll go to Prince yeah. Edward Island the following year. Yeah. So we've got Providence 2023 now. I guess exactly. is, is what's on there. And then Prince Edward Island 2024. We'll, we'll get to these places one way or another. Absolutely. And we'll, we're looking forward to hosting. Uh, I think it's going to be an exciting time for the Region 1 uh, members to be coming up to see the, uh, what we have to offer in little old Rhode Island, and uh, we'll definitely make it fun. Excellent. Well, Bud, thanks for spending some time with me today, chatting about it, chatting about the, the license plate project. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing it on the roads. I'll look forward to keeping an eye at it on my travels up and down I-95, always seeing some Absolutely. Rhode Island and, and plates. Absolutely, we'll make sure that uh, I'll, I'll send you uh, a photograph of it on one of the cars as soon as it hits the road. Love it. All right. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ian. Good seeing you again. Absolutely. Thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Thanks to you for listening this week, and we'll see you back here next week on the Amvacast. Stay well, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Amvacast, hosted by Ian Grossman, produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin, music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.